Okay, guys, a lot to talk about this week. We start off with a new Nintendo Switch that I don't think any of us were exactly expecting. A new Assassin's Creed live service game that has everybody talking. And we go over the PlayStation State of Play featuring Deathloop on this week's episode of the Expansion Pack podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Pack podcast where we download this week's gaming news and we bring it to you each and every week. This is episode 36. I'm your host, Danzel, a.k.a. Black Ice, joined by my amazing co-host, as always, starting off with Manny, a.k.a. Goopmaster Flex in the middle. Say what's up, bro. What's up? What's up? We got to stay gooping, you heard? Got to stay gooping, as always. And then to the right here, we got my guy, the one, the only, Chris, a.k.a. May 25th. What's going on, Chris? You know, same shit, different toilet, as I always say. Uh... In May 25th. In. Okay. Try to sneak that in there again. All right. I respect it. Respect yeah. it. Yeah. Gotta, gotta, yeah. <laughs> we got right. some more months to go. Yeah. We're going to try to make oh, it happen at some point. Months? At some, some point. point. Why months? Oh, man. That's it's like I mean. at least an episode or two away. Not months. Come on, man. Let's look up. <laughs> we'll see. And then he said, then he said at least four episodes away. Damn. Four seasons away. What's up, bro? No, it's what do you mean? <laughs> it's, it's it's July eleventh, you know. You're trying to tell me it's not gonna be over it. until like October. Come on, man. That's messed up. Come on. All right, we'll 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 figure out Chris's thing, you know. It's all right. We still working through it, you know. We'll see if we can really get that May twenty fifth and popping. Um, but you know, for now we're here to talk about games like we always do, right? So uh We'll start off like we always do with the moment of the week for each of you. So, what was your favorite gaming moment of the week? Let's start off with Chris. Um. Uh. All right. I'll be honest with you. So, uh, I was playing Fallout the other day, and I had never uh, experienced the uh, what they call them. I guess public events. Mm-hmm. You want to call them? Okay. Um. So I went to go do one. Actually, I didn't go do it. I was walking, and I ended up like getting into one by accident type of thing because i was doing a mission in the same location as one was about to pop off next thing i know i'm just chilling it's me by myself and people just spawn <laughs> like <laughs> bad people just spawn in and i was like oh shit this is kind of crazy and then the event starts mad ads pop up and it was just like a i've never seen that in fallout before where you got that much chaos and bullshit that's happening in I said to myself, I'm officially having fun with Fallout 76, and I never <laughs> thought I'd see it day. And, uh, that was my uh, my moment, because, I, yeah, it, I can't deny it, bro. I can't deny it. That was cool. I, I, out of all the Fallouts I've ever played, I'm not saying 76 is, like, you know, in the upper echelon or anything mm-hmm. like that, but that aspect of it was cool i'm telling you man they haven't got no chaos like that and none of the other ones were like there's ads flying everywhere explosions electricity and it's crazy bro okay crazy wait wait, crazy. wait, wait. wait did you just say chaos, chaos? <laughs> i feel like we've we've said chaos in 
every <laughs> episode since that E3 thing happened. And I don't know if it's just because like we're aware of it more or what, but it's just really funny how that works. Stars just aligned to the chaos, bro. Or chaos. <sighs> chaos. Um, but yeah, so so you've been playing Fallout seventy six. I feel like they just dropped an uh, an expansion. They this did, week. yeah, they did. did check that it's, out. Yeah, uh, I've started some of the missions. I'm not gonna hold you. This is also another really cool thing I think they've done with the game. Um, their expansions are bleeding into each other. Whereas it felt like in even Fallout four, you get like one story and it's cool, or whatever. And the next expansion is completely just different from what you just did. Whereas now. They have two characters, and I'm pretty sure you guys saw the trailer where they have the two people in it from the Brotherhood of Steel kind of like going against yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That whole friction starts in the past DLC, where mm. like you almost have to make a couple of decisions within that, and it kind of carries over a little bit into what's going on now. And even in the dialogue choices and shit, and some of the ways that people are reacting to you, you kind of can see it. And I'm like, this is cool because Fallout's not really known for this either. We're on like really elongated storylines type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's pretty cool so far. I haven't gotten too, too far into it yet. That's actually what I was doing that had me stuck. Uh, I was in a, I was in a building and I couldn't get out of it type of thing. So, yeah, that's why I'm late for the pod. But, okay. uh, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Word. For sure. All right. Nice, nice. <clears throat> I might have to jump on there with you uh, a little bit later too. So yeah, man. See what that's about on that new DLC. But, uh, but Manny, what about you, man? What was your moment of the week? Um, I would say my moment of the week was uh, when I was playing Javon, uh, our good old friend at Balls Deep podcast with him and Javon, uh, him and Devin. I, mean, I can't forget Devin, you know, but um, <laughs> we're playing, I'm going to be the show, our league game. And uh, it was like the whole game, I was losing two to one. And just like, it was like the top of the ninth. And I was like, damn, I got to like, you know, get something in or else I'm done for. And <clears throat> what ended up happening was, I think... Carlos Correa got like a base hit, so he got on base on top of the ninth inning. And I was like, damn, that's my power hitter right now. Like, the next dude, he sucks. So he comes up the plate, I guess, to pitch correctly. And then, perfect timing, hit a home run to the right side of the field. And Javon was so furious because, like, it was one of those hits where, uh, like, the batter, like, ain't hit the ball, like, incorrectly, whatever. And yeah. Javon was, like, so pissed, bro. <laughs> like, but I was so hyped because I got that two-run home run to beat him. And, like, like I said, the whole game, everything wasn't going for me. You know how, like, sometimes it glitches where, like, you're trying to hit the base runner and, like, it make him stop at second. He runs to third. And, yeah. like, it was just it's all the jumpy. whole game. The whole game. So, you know, that's, you know, I'm glad I got my dub. Nice, nice. <laughs> So funny you mentioned that because, uh, <clears throat> you know, again, shout out to Balls Deep Podcast. You know, if you guys like sports, definitely make sure to check them out. They're on YouTube, Spotify, all the same places that we're at. Uh, but <clears throat> you were talking about playing Javon. I actually was playing Devin this week. I'm not going to say this is my moment of the week, but it's it's like close. Um, similar situation was happening where I think I think Javon or sorry, Devin beat me in the first game that we played in our league. And then the second game for the week, I ended up like destroying him i don't remember exactly what happened but it was a it was a super fun game i got a couple uh home runs i definitely i, I distinctly remember there being an error that really had him mad because i think his, mm-hmm. his guys like threw the ball to a completely wrong place and i like stole like probably three runs that i shouldn't have had but um but yeah that will be the show as much as i don't care about baseball i really enjoy playing that game um mm-hmm. but with that being said my moment of the week and I think it's Manny's moment of the week too, but he doesn't want to admit it to himself. 
is uh, last week after we recorded the podcast, Manny decided to jump on Destiny with us and was having fun. You was, was screaming. I mean, you were acting like you were having fun, screaming. Testimonial. You were out here. Where's the review? review man i was getting what they, they forced me to go into what iron banner about survival you play like one game of iron banner and got clapped but before that we were playing survival after that we played gambit all those games we were out here clapping so i don't want to hear it it's, and i don't know it's just it's hard to get into it didn't seem like it was that hard to get into when you were playing you were out here <laughs> screaming if anybody knows anything about Manny, he screams when he plays more competitive games. So maybe I just like to scream. I think uh, you like the game. <laughs> well, you just gotta pull him in. But as soon as he's in, he's like, "I'm here, and I guess I'll have fun." And I ain't gonna let you know I'm having fun. Yeah, because you ain't gonna get to satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> Manny had a couple clutch moments too. Actually, do we have a clip oh, of his no. clutch moment? I forgot about that, fam. Yeah, shut up. You didn't have no fun. What are you talking about? You mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Yo, that. I mean, this is me and my competitive nature, man. I'm a con player. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, fam, I remember there was even an elusive tea bag, uh, dropped by Manny, on a person, and he literally had bad, that three quotes. Dates. You yeah, got, man. you got got by a noob, and he proceeded to drop said tea bag. Mean tea bag too. Mean yeah, one. Come on. Yeah, man. I don't know if I have any clips. I look if I had clips, but I doubt I recorded any because I I got a gambit clip. I'm I'm definitely dropping that in the chat because uh, I got so my bad. my uh, four for one or whatever it was like when I went over to invade. Oh yeah, I remember that time. That. Yeah, I was screaming too. Mm, that was a good one. That was a good one. Mm. Tell me why I didn't get that other clip when like it was a uh, last guardian. Uh, that clutch one, I thought I had it. Oh, Yo, man, Chris crushed it. it, man. I, I wish was he did. So this man. Bro. Oh, I, I swear it was like a 4v1 because like they had like a couple uh, lives and everything, man. Yeah, I've man. never done that before and I didn't have it on clip. I'm so mad. Uh, so see, it was good times. Manny, Manny so, remembers it. Manny knows what's up, bro. We got to get Manny on there more. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you guys are watching or listening or whatever, you know, we, we need some more bodies so we can try to get into this raid. So, uh, you know. We'll try to get Manny in there, but we need we need a couple more people. So let us know. Throw some comments down below if you're watching on the YouTube Cross channel. Crossplay next month. Hey. Crossplay next month as well. Yeah. Oh, so nice, if you're playing nice, on PlayStation nice. or PC. Actually, Manny, yeah, you could you can start playing on PC. I know that that would get you more likely to play. So something to throw out there, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. All right. The only thing is we'd have fun in this world. Mm. Mm. Well, I think I think they're just dividing it up by like keyboard and mouse versus controller. So I think he can be on PC playing controller and play with us. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it goes. All right, we're... yeah. All right, but jumping into the next thing here, Chris, you are up, my guy. Icebreaker, take it away. It's uh, the middle of the summer, but uh, it's getting a little chilly in the goddamn desert. So. For today's icebreaker, question is, um, VR gaming, they haven't done a lot with it yet. I think it's gotten a lot of progress in the last few years or whatever, but I, I feel like there's so much more that they can still do, or there's so much more that they can still probably show us later. So question is for my fellow co-hosts and you guys out there in the universe, 
what's something we want to kind of see done in a VR way? Like what kind of experience we'd like to have? Don't say no non-PG stuff. This ain't cyberpunk up in here. All right, you ain't getting no brain dance. All right, that that other stuff. So let's keep it PG. All right, <clears throat> Chris, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Oh, you don't want no this... brain dances? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like a tape that says "Big Daddies" on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the beginning, you hear Denzel yeah, you saying, "Keep it on the bunch of big daddies." Just walk around. You got a bunch of big daddies everywhere. <laughs> oh, just sit there in the chair, just. Oh no! If somebody walks in the room and you got the big daddy tape going, you just oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, some sussy Oh god, Chris! <laughs> All right, <laughs> just uh, go. <laughs> so, my answer would be: it's not even necessarily a video game. I would love to see it used more in a uh, educational way, mm. right? So, like, I think when you think about the VR aspect of things, um say it could be used even in like medical school you know what i'm saying in terms of teaching folks how to do certain procedures or whatever um i think if there was a way to really fine-tune some of that stuff to kind of like really be able to at least kind of give people a simulator as to what they're getting into because you know obviously it's not going to ever replace what the real thing is or whatever but I'd say it's better to have that than to not have that. Or even in situations like with the Rocksmith thing, like when you're learning an instrument or um, cooking, things like that, I would like to see them do more, I guess, productivity with it, if that makes any sense. Um, I mean, I don't know. They might even have stuff like that out now, but I haven't seen a lot of that anywhere. Yeah, um, be, I don't think it's the mainstream, but I think that stuff does exist. Mm. Yeah. I look into it because that, I think that's like a really untapped thing especially in terms of like learning how to do something mm. um i would love it if even programs and stuff like that you know like how after effects we've been sitting here trying to learn this for like mad mm -hmm. long say they had a way to put that in a vr experience for you to truly immerse yourself within it and you're not just sitting there like ah, uh you're going through all these these videos and these, these articles it would be a different way to learn in terms of just hands-on like that's hands-on hands-on mm. or hands-on but, uh, I see what two, you two right next Square. to it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, hands on squares. Yeah, like you know? there's a lot of simulator games out there. I know what you mean, but like, just like a more of like a realistic simulator where you're actually doing the things. Like you know, like how they have like the car mechanic simulator on PC, but like if they have a VR version where you, they actually remodel the cars exactly how it's supposed to be, and you're actually working on the cars. That would actually be see, a good a cool idea. Idea too, cars. That's mm -hmm. especially imagine like people who want to learn cars or basic car stuff, you know, the mm -hmm. VR version of learning how to change your oil, you know, like stuff like that would be really cool, really cool. Mm -hmm. I like, it's like next level life. <laughs> I like that next idea. level life right there, man. Google. I feel like I'm surprised Facebook hasn't because Facebook owns Oculus, right? Like mm -hmm. they're definitely doing a pretty good job, in my opinion, with the quest line and how they've set up you know, the games that have been coming out and the different experiences, you know, even they <clears throat> recently set up the, the quest two and even the original quest so that it can just track your hands and you don't necessarily need a controller for every experience. So I feel like, yeah, those experiences that you just outlined, like the cars thing, like you be, actually being able to use your hands in real time in this world, like really cool. I, I think that would be useful for sure. Yeah. 
Merch. Dope, dope. Manny, what's your uh, what's your idea here? <clears throat> I'm sure it probably was like a cheap game like this mm-hmm. on like the VR store or whatever, but like like a real authentic like Madden quarterback experience as a like in the VR headset. I think that would be dope. Mm-hmm. And, like you just like you won't be able to play as maybe any other position because like you're kind of like um what's the word called? But like you just like. You don't have that much space anyways to begin with, but, yeah. like, imagine just, like, all right, so you, you have, like, I remember playing the quest, and you just, like, you're stuck in this little pocket circle, whatever, and, like, that circle is, like, the pocket for the quarterback that you could just be in, and you're just moving around, doing your thing. Like, I, I haven't played VR in a while, but, like, I feel like it would be really dope to have, like, a quarterback experience where, like, you throw the football and, like, actually, like, realistically, like, tracks how you throw it, where you throw it, and, like, you know, with the weather and everything like that. And then, like, you know, it would also be scary seeing, like, those big linebackers coming at you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm going to piggyback off of what you're talking about, too. Because I guess it would, in essence, talk about what I'm, you know, my answer. So, <clears throat> your idea is great, right? Like, the idea of playing, like, a sports-based game in VR and getting that immersion aspect of, you know, whether it's simulating like throwing the football or something like that. What I would be interested in is seeing more games utilize VR as more of just a camera. Like, I don't necessarily need the the motion stuff, right? So, like, you mentioned Cyberpunk. That was the first thing that popped into my mind when you, when you actually asked this question, funny enough. But I would love to play Cyberpunk fully in VR. But... I don't need the like the motion capability of it. It's just purely mm-hmm. that I would be using the headset as a camera. Yeah. So if I wanted to look around, look behind me, but I'm still moving in the same way that I'm used to moving with my controller, like whether that's in a sports game or a RPG game or an action game, something like that. Like I think shooters is, is a bit different. Cyberpunk, I think you can get away with because there's no multiplayer aspect to it, but shooters can be kind of disorienting to try to play mm-hmm. with like a controller and you know, the headset type of thing. But yeah, I want to see more experiences that utilize the controller and the headset. Um, whether you, whether it is a situation where, you know, Oculus does something where you can, which, which they do, you can plug your Oculus um, Quest on into your computer. I just don't know enough experiences that allow you to just use the headset fully as a camera, like as a monitor in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want more games like that, especially on console in particular. I know Microsoft's talked about not really being too pressed to get themselves like a VR experience, but I would love if they partnered. I don't understand why they don't partner with Oculus on this, like Mm -hmm. and just make it a thing where you just plug it into your Xbox and then boom, that's a, that's a monitor and you have a whole VR experience right there. Um, Yeah. That's really what I'd be looking for. You know, what would be dope. Like, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but like I was done. I feel like they should have like a VR fan experience for like real games. You know what I mean? Like, Imagine saying courtside the NBA Finals with the VR headset and like, you're, it's like you're there, but you're obviously not. They do actually there. have that though. I think, yeah, that. I think we're definitely headed in that direction. I would say they have it though. Sure. That exists already. That like mm-hmm. it's specifically NBA, it exists. You can watch NBA exists. games. All in, right. Well, in let me VR. get my Oculus all dusted up. <laughs> yeah, I think they have a partnership with Oculus, and I forget the app. I want to say it's like Next VR or something like that, but like it's mm-hmm. it's on my Oculus Rift. Like I remember seeing that app. And they specifically showcase the NBA as the thing that you can like watch their games in VR and like look left and right, be in courtside and whatnot. So if they could take that and like, you know, <clears throat> increase that experience, that'd be really cool. But the 
the low level portion of it where you're just watching things that already exists for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> the, another thing, I mean, what about coaching? Isn't that weird to like think of? But like, if you're in a sports game and you're the coach, mm-hmm. and specifically with football because they do a lot of communicating on the headset and all that stuff via all their plays and stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. like, imagine you could pull up a clipboard in VR and you have to draw up the plays and you have to actually give the direction to your players and then you stand back, they execute the play and then like you're literally watching. I think that's cool. That's cool, wild. man. <laughs> I wish yeah, like, I like the idea. That's cool. I wish they would add that as like a feature within Madden. But then again, <clears throat> you know, it's like who's gonna go build that, right? Like EA's already weird about how they divvy up resources in, in Madden, so ugh. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be cool. You see the play now coming up straight and you actually have to call the audible like you're calling it, you know? Like yeah. you gotta Oh, that's cool, bro. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. Oh, well, who knows? Maybe that yeah. EA sport game that we've been hearing rumors will be, uh, you know. <laughs> you gotta, gotta, be that. <laughs> gotta like, actually do certain things to yeah. motivate the team. Like, I don't know, man. I think it's uh, an interesting concept. Things to motivate them? I know what motivate them. What's uh, <laughs> the name? What's uh, Michael Jackson's dad name again? Joe Jackson? Yeah. Oh God! This is oh cool. God! No, yeah, I just got to give him a slap in the behind. Good game, you know. Oh. <laughs> All right. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> it's getting weird. This this started off pretty good. This is a good uh, yeah, good question. It's getting a little too intense here, boys. <laughs> uh, that that was all you, Manny. Anyways, let's uh yeah let's dive into the uh, topics for the week. Chris, yeah. thank you for the icebreaker. That was actually a really good question. Thinking about that makes you actually want to pick back up my uh, Oculus Quest now. Might do that a little bit later. But anyways, like I said, dive into the topics for the week. The first one here is uh, definitely going to be an interesting discussion for sure. So Nintendo finally dropped a new version of the Switch, right? Everybody's happy, right? Yeah. Hold on, I got to show I'm excited, man. I can't wait to pick mine up. Oh, man. Got something for y'all right here. Alright, alright. So he's drawing. What is he drawing, boys? With an L. Big old L. Big old L. Yep. That's uh, 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 the camera. Gotta go there down. Alright. It's a big L. Uh yeah. It's not the Switch Pro that we all were expecting to see. It's the uh the Switch O L E D model. So <clears throat> I'll just uh read you guys a little clip from the article uh from The Verge here, so Tom Warren writes, Nintendo is announcing a new Switch model with a large 7-inch 720p OLED display. While rumors had suggested this Switch would ship with an NVIDIA chip inside, this new OLED model is mostly a screen upgrade. Nintendo lists the Switch OLED model as only supporting 1080p via TV mode, and rumors had suggested 4K support, thanks to a new chip. Um, and clearly that's, that's not the case here, but that new switch model is going to go on sale for $350 starting on October 8th. So again, uh, I think the switch right now sells for $299. So it's going to be a $50 upgrade in October for basically a new screen. That's it. Nothing else is changing about this. Um, same CPU. 
you got a better uh, oh yeah you, you got a you got a better stand. stand you got a better yeah. stand and there's been some audio upgrades as well but generally speaking it's pretty much the same the same switch same joy cons um same ram same everything same, same battery. dock same battery Man, how was it the same battery bro like, well, the dock got even... upgraded oh well the dock got a, a, a ethernet cord ethernet port. Ethernet port. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you can tell, guys, we are. Uh, I'm excited. We are. We are very excited for it. Absolutely what? excited hey, for it. Uh, oh man, guys, I don't. I don't have much else to say other than to say that I am inherently disappointed by this. You know, uh, Manny. You know, what do you think about this, bro? I mean, I would say I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I mean. It's Nintendo. <laughs> we we should have expected this because like, I mean, it sucks that we didn't really get a like pro model, but like, not a oh yeah, a pro model. But I mean, I guess we got an OLED screen. Uh, but <laughs> well, I mean, personally, I'm disappointed. You know, I was hoping for a pro model. You know, something to, to like, you know, launch with Breath of the Wild two. Even though we was, do we even have a release date for that? Next year. Next year. That's just next year. Still, but I mean, I'm sure this might maybe help with the little shortage that they had with switches. I know there was like a shortage going around, and I know probably like the fact that there is like a huge chip shortage as is probably influenced the reason why they only made an OLED model instead of like a Pro model because I'm sure they didn't want to like get in the same situation. Because I remember um, in one of the um, directs they were mentioning how like. Oh, we're not gonna like release these new games yet with like the fact that we have like this big shortage on this kind of switch when everybody wants to buy switch. So, you know, like I'm not surprised that we didn't get like a new pro with a 4K and maybe six hertz display. So I'm like I'm not surprised, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna pick it up, but you know it's it's something new I guess for for those who don't maybe have a switch yet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. It is a good, um, it's a good option for people who don't already have a Switch. But at the same time, it's like an extra fifty dollars for an OLED screen, which I guess in theory the colors should pop a little bit better and so on and so forth. But, mm -hmm. mm. well, either way, Chris, what what do you what are you thinking about this whole thing here, man? Uh, I, I'm officially just convinced they're never gonna come sit at the table for real, like not for real, like. Because my thing is, like, all right, I get that they don't market to, to me anymore. Like, I get it. I'm not their market. I'm not their target. I, it's cool. It's, I'm fine with that. I still kind of, like, have a hard time, like, justifying, like, their, their like, lack of ambition with their hardware. Because regardless of whatever games you guys pull out for your platform, if I, if I don't want to play them, I don't want to play them. But, like, there's still not no excuse for some of this stuff just being what it is. And this is like, dog, y'all didn't even increase the battery? Or like at least make it so that way people could maybe use other cords with the the the, the switch. Because one thing I knew that was a big thing when that came out is that you you kind of have to use the power cord that it came with because of whatever voltage levels or whatever. And usually that's not a thing with like a lot of other electronics, but with the switch one in particular, it's weird. They could have at least did that and made that more accessible. They, they didn't do nothing really to make me say, "Wow, they gave us a kickstand that should have worked. That should have been like that since Jump Street." Mm -hmm. like that kickstand before was what the size of like a chapstick <laughs> and then, all that. it was it was horrible and uh i mean 
I can't hate they're going to sell because people definitely still want to buy them. There's a lot of parents out there that still want to get them for their kids. So on their behalf, they're going to make money. They're never not going to make money, but it's just <clears> annoying, bro. Like, I think the I biggest know. the biggest thing is they're going to make money just because it's going to be the de facto model, right? I think from the reporting says that they'll be discontinuing the regular version of the Switch, and this will be the version of the Switch moving forward. So it's not like it's not like there's options necessarily, right? Like October 8th is going to hit, and this will be the version of the Switch that's out there. So yeah, moms and... And dads and whoever is getting it for their kids or getting it for themselves, whatever, like this is really going to be the yeah. only option. And I, I kind of uh, wanted them to at least talk about the drifting. At least mm, that's yeah. that would have caught me if they would have said we improved the joysticks. Yeah, it's definitely me. something they haven't me. talked about yet. I I will give them the benefit of the doubt and to say this. Um, I don't think that this is it for this story around the Nintendo Switch, right? Like. I actually still think that the pro model exists and I think we'll, we'll still get it with the breath of the wild, which is something that I've been saying all along is, you know, even if they did announce it at E3, like a lot of people were expecting, we weren't going to actually see it until breath of the wild two. And I, I still firmly believe that breath of the wild two is going to be where we get that switch pro with four, uh, 4k and the DLSS uh, upgrades with the new Nvidia chip that, you know, we had talked about in the past, like the reporting on it had just been too loud for too long. I, mm-hmm. I just like it's not like all these different sources came out and said, oh, yeah, Nintendo's working on this thing. And now, boom, the, it's it was really the OLED model all along. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think I do think that down the road we are getting this pro model. And then obviously you look at Nintendo's track record, too. Right. Like they've made multiple versions of the same thing. Right. Obviously, the Wii U is, it isn't one of those things, but they're portable systems like what we had the. We had the 2DS, the 3DS, we had the, you know, the light, the this, the that, yes, like XL, XL. Um, yeah. you think about, you know, the Game Boys, Game Boy Color, Game Boy SP, Game Boy this, Game Boy that, like there's so many different models, like Nintendo struck gold with the Switch, right? They're milking, milking it for as long as they can, but you know that they're going to come out with different models, right? They're Like mm-hmm. eventually it's going to get to a point where people, you know, the people that they are marketing to are going to get sick of this particular model. And that's that, that point is getting to now. Um, Obviously, we know that game development's been delayed. Obviously, we know the chip shortage plays a factor. So the fact that Breath of the Wild got delayed, the fact that the chip shortage is happening, like I think that stuff is kind of creating a perfect storm for Nintendo to say, all right, let's push this stuff back a little bit. When Breath of the Wild 2 is ready, when we have the Switch Pro ready, boom, we're just going to release it all at once, and this is going to generate all the hype. Like Nintendo always has these lows these like really low lows where people are annoyed and pissed off at what they're doing. And then as soon as they like announce that thing, it's like, everybody's like, Oh my God, everybody mm-hmm. freaks out. Everybody's buying every single thing that they're doing. In Nintendo, they get so much leeway with the way that they handle things because people love their franchises. People have so much nostalgia for Mario and Zelda and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, they can get away with a lot of stuff. And this is just another one of those examples where like, yeah, a lot of people are going to bash this, right? We're bashing it right now, right? It's it's like, it's obviously a good thing to have a new model, but it's just like, man, this is, this is boring. This isn't what we wanted this entire time. But next year hits, like next spring, which is I think what people are kind of assuming. Next spring hits and Breath of the Wild 2 comes out and they announce the Switch Pro and it has all these things that we're talking about. And everybody's like, okay, we're here. Like, this is what we wanted to see. So now everybody's going to buy it. And 
as much as we talk trash about Nintendo, like they're still selling more Switches than Microsoft is selling Xboxes, right? And they're they're creeping in on selling just as many Switches as uh, Sony is selling PlayStation. So they're not hurting, and they're definitely not going to stop the way that they do things yeah. for a while. You can, you can afford to be complacent when you're doing well, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's just like, eh, I don't love it. They're, pro- they're not going to get my dollars until they really hit something, you know, out of the park. Like, yeah, I'll get Breath of the Wild 2 regardless if it's on a Switch Pro or not, but, like, I'm not going to buy another system that's just for a screen upgrade. Like, mm-hmm. that screen upgrade is probably nice, but that ain't worth me shot on another $350. Nah. Nah. I'm not going to have They it. needed to fix some sticks. That would tell me that would have maybe made me say, all right, I'll do it. I, I'll do it because yeah. I really want to. Because that's one of the reasons why I don't even want to deal with them anymore is because the hardware breaks down on you. And then you got to keep buying a new one every couple months. I'm not doing that, bro. Like, if I got to maintenance my damn playing experience every couple months, that's not it. That That is that is not it. I'm not for that. The most they could do is at least give a warranty thing or something. Something. Well, I think they were they were taking care of the uh, Joy-Con drift, right? When it when it initially got announced, they were they were taking care of people. Probably better than the PlayStation. I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I am sure of it because I, I do remember eventually Nintendo saying, you know, like you can, like their their support team was taking care of people who had the drift issue. I don't know I what the time frame on that was. It may have been kind of shady, but I I do remember there being some conversation. I remember I think with the drift problem because like I think they had them like set back their whole Switch console, mm-hmm. and I remember there was a problem I believe with like people save data being erased and them having to start over, and especially since there's no cloud save data. There was that problem. I remember hearing that in the beginning, but they did like I think had to return the whole console just to like fix it. Yep. 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 Yeah, so I mean, here's the other question. Oh, I, I I don't know if this is a real question or not, but I don't think I don't think that this is the case. But do you think that? And Chris, I'll I'll direct this answer towards you. So this pro model comes out, right? Do you think that this is the opportunity for them to revamp the the Joy Cons and like have a new controller system? Um, I'll put it this way: in my head, with this pro model thing. I think this is their opportunity to kind of like, how do I put this? Because you already kind of touched on it with them kind of like always coming out with another version of whatever currently is out. I think this is their opportunity to kind of take the Switch and turn it into like the console that they just keep on working on. Mm Because one thing I've noticed with Nintendo is that every few years they do have a new console, but it's like a whole new thing dramatically drastically different from the last one Mm. they don't have a playstation playstation 2 playstation 3 playstation 4 and they don't do that and um so yeah within that being said yeah i would want them to upgrade certain things because that's how you're supposed to do it with you know the next console right um yeah i I would hope they look at it like that i I don't think that's going to happen because they don't move that way but the switch is the best thing that they've come up with to do that with Mm. because i couldn't have seen them in the past doing like a uh, N64 5 or like a, a, <laughs> yeah, a, a GameCube 3 or anything that wouldn't work yeah. you know what I mean so yeah if they're if they're smart then I would have done it that way but I, I fully don't expect it I ain't gonna say it like that I, don't mm-hmm. think so. I, I think whatever I gotta... they do with the sorry Manny I think whatever they do with the Joy-Cons next it's gonna be something that has to work on even the old model switches mm-hmm. 
And that's why I'm like, ooh, it's it's like, will they actually? I mean, it's definitely a way for them to get more money if they go ahead and revamp, like they, they come out with the Switch Pro or whatever it ends up being. And the Joy-Cons are like meatier and like, you know, more durable and whatnot. Um, and then you can slide those into your original Switch. And then that that incentivizes people to go out and buy new Joy-Cons now, not just because they broke down, but because, hey, these are better. They feel better, so on and so forth. Like, I think... I mean, I guess in theory, they could just do that whenever they want, right? They can just straight up sell you like a Joy-Con Pro in itself. And I have a question for you all. Yeah. Do you think that they realized that like if they went and did all these upgrades to their console and say they came out with a Switch 2, because that's how I would do it. I would come out with a Switch 2. I wouldn't even call it a Switch Pro. Mm. Say they came out with a Switch 2 and it had all these upgrades and they charged 500 something bucks for it, just like how, you know, Sony charges and Microsoft charges. In my eyes, people would still pay that money to get that console. So, like, why do you guys think it's, like, a thing where they, like, is it truly just, like, them being comfortable or, you know, like, because I feel I like they could think, make more money yeah, than they I, currently do. I still think right now it's a matter of the chip shortage. I really do. I think, and I, I think it's also a philosophy thing, right? They're not interested in making, like, the most powerful system. They just want to make... You know, something that doesn't cost them a lot to make, something that won't cost their consumers a lot of money to pay for, because you got to think about, again, like their their fan base isn't us necessarily. They're not the people who are going to go out and shell out money for the the premium system. Right. They're they're more in, in the same way that Microsoft is catering to the Series X. And then you have the people paying for the Series S, right? Those are two different markets and Microsoft's trying to capture both of them. Nintendo's looking at it like, no, nah, we just want the people who have the S. Right. Like we just want our consumers. We, we want to get the people who don't necessarily they're not looking for like the, the high graphics and all that stuff. Like, you know, if you want that, go buy a PC. That's probably what they're mm-hmm. thinking in their minds. Right. They're like, OK, if you want a Nintendo experience the way we want it, to, we want to craft it. Then you come, you buy our stuff. But they haven't been trying to compete on graphics for since mm-hmm. the Wii. Even even there's so much more to it than, to me than just like the graphics portion of it. But like. I don't know. I guess it's just interesting because I look at it like I'm leaving money on the table. Yeah. In well, because people would buy it. They would buy it. I, I think, think they would. would. But let me clarify though. When I say graphics, I'm I'm really just talking overall about like raw power too, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. CPU, all that stuff, right? Like that's just not where they're competing because I think it costs them too much money to make it. That's another thing you have to factor in, right? I I think Nintendo makes a lot of money every time they sell a Switch. Microsoft doesn't make money when they sell an Xbox. Sony doesn't make money when they sell a PlayStation. So I think that also plays into why Sony doesn't build for power. They build for, okay, we can get these cheap components and we can charge $300 for it. And really, we're making $100 every time we sell it. I don't know if that's the exact number, but you know, in theory, I think that's roughly what it is, right? They, they make profit every time they sell a system. And that's not the norm. And that's probably exactly plays into their business model. Like, yeah, they could go out and build their, their version of a Series X and sell it for $500, but they're losing money. And not as many people would buy it as people would buy the Switch for what it is right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that, that has yeah, to play a no, role. I don't know for sure. Oh, yeah, it's, no, for sure. Because like, when you think of Switch games anyways, like, you know, like, Mario is not like one of those games that you see... That looks like, for example, like Horizon Forbidden West or the new Forza Horizon, where it's like photorealistic. Like, it's just not it. 
it's more of like a cartoon platformer. Exactly. Like that's how much that's how pretty much most of the games are. So they don't need a big power on their consoles, which is like, yeah, it's a problem with like other games trying to port their games into the Switch, but like mostly their first party games have been successful because of like their nostalgic look of it being like a classic platformer that's a cartoon. Yeah. Although I will I would say Breath of the Wild is a bit different though, right? Like, that's different. That's different. Yeah, Breath of the Wild like there's a lot of shit going on in that game. And yeah, like, they pushed it to the max on yeah, that one. They really sure. pushed it to the max. Like there's components in that game that I still don't see in other, you know, RPG games, right? Like like the physics of the world and how you can burn grass and then like use the the smoke that's happening to like propel yourself up into the air. I remember when I first saw that, I was like, What? Mm. <laughs> I was like, Nintendo is doing this? Hold up. Like yeah. y'all out here pushing a physics engine like that. And I still don't see that type of stuff in other games. So, you know, it's it's definitely like one of those things where it's like Nintendo crafts an experience that Nintendo wants to craft. Very similar mm-hmm. to how PlayStation crafts their own experience, right? Like, like we talked about it last week. Like um, PlayStation makes largely just third-person, single-player experiences that are crafted yeah, the way yeah, that man. they want to make them. Um, it's not that different from Nintendo. I would say Microsoft is probably more... Their identity used to be more multiplayer stuff, but now they're kind of just like, all right, we're just doing whatever like whatever it is that that we can whatever these studios that we only want to make y'all just go make it and that's that so mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting but um but yeah we talked about nintendo long enough let's dive into some other stuff here. <laughs> um so the next thing here a really interesting story in my opinion actually um ubisoft announced vaguely uh this new project called assassin's creed infinity um, the way they bill it is basically a joint project between um, Ubisoft Quebec and Montreal, the last two studios to make uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise. So for those of you who don't know, um, the way they've set it up since Assassin's Creed Origin is that these two studios are going to alternate between games. So Origin, I think, was released by, uh, I forgot, Montreal, I believe it is. And then we had Odyssey that was made by Quebec. And then recently we had uh, Valhalla that was made by Montreal. Manny, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way it's set up. But it's been, it's oh, well, yeah, they've been switching. Yeah, I forgot yeah. which one made which though. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm pretty sure Montreal was the one who, who started this revamp. But either way, um, you know, the, those games, Odyssey, well, Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, they've all been met with, you know, high level of success, like critical acclaim. Um, commercial, you know, success. People are loving the games. Uh, so, you know, what we know about those games is they're very large, expansive experiences. They've they've taken they've gone away from just making like a standard action game to making a full fledged Western RPG with these these franchises. Almost to the point where there's almost too much content to consume, right? Like Valhalla, I know at this point is still pumping out new DLC, and people are largely missing these uh, these content drops because there's just so much going on with the game. So I think Ubisoft wants to kind of try to curtail that by making this live service model where both of the studios are coming together and um, they're basically, again, they haven't really outlined what it is, but they, what the way they describe it is they're going to partner together to make different experiences. So I, it's so vague <laughs> in a way. Yeah. It's, but it's it's one of those things that like we can't not talk about it, right? Like a lot of people around the community are really concerned because. They hear, okay, it's a live service model. Like, what does that mean? You know, people don't want to, people don't want that type of stuff, right? But I think the way the Assassin's Creed games are set up, they could actually benefit from, okay, like, you know, you get, you buy a battle pass or, or 
whatever the equivalent of a battle pass would be for this world. The season pass, I guess, really is what mm-hmm. we would just straight up call it. Um, and then you have, you know, all, all the content that you want from Valhalla. And then you just kind of consume it as time goes on. And it instead of it just being like, okay, we released this big 30-hour game with areas of the game that you'll probably never see. And then like a month later, we're going to release another 10 hour content drop that again, you'll never see. Like, it's like these studios are working so hard on all these experiences and people really aren't getting a chance to consume it. Right. Like I I think Valhalla, when it dropped, it it did pretty well. I don't remember the numbers, but of course it being a launch title, technically speaking on next gen consoles helps it out a bit. Right. Cause it, it, it did have the next gen upgrades when the, the new consoles eventually came out. You know, decent amount of people played it when it first dropped, but I don't hear anybody talking about the DLCs now. And like, mm-hmm. I think they dropped three since it since the original game came out, but nobody talks about it. You know, like it gets no praise. I'm sure they're good because the game yeah. itself was good. Like, I really enjoyed playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I'm I'm curious what you guys think about it. Do you think that this is a good thing long term? Do you think that this could potentially hurt the 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 progress that has been going on with Assassin's Creed. Um, Manny, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, you know, it's kind of hard when you're like overwhelmed with a bunch of content like right on you like day one and like you're just going through like 30 plus hours of the game. We've seen it actually being successful in other games though. Like how to like going to do it? Like if it's like a live service where it's like, um, all right, you get like, for example, chapter one, like chapter one will be, you know, for the next couple months and then after a couple months we'll get chapter two and you pay for chapter two if you like just like how like the hitman was when uh hitman that those uh the beginning of the first uh first of the last three games when they released it, i remember it being like that where it's like all right we're gonna start off with like the the paris fashion show uh mm-hmm. hit list and then like a couple months later we're gonna give it the next hit list and like that you know in itself was very successful because like one you're not only paying for the whole game you're only paying for like either a chapter or if you want to buy the complete edition you can of course and two it's not like all right i got this you know with this like long game where there's like a lot of things you have to do and like all these side quests because we know that could be overwhelming over time like sometimes you just want to like enjoy the game but you feel like you can't because you just have so much to do well well maybe not like I'm probably wording it wrong, but like in a sense where it's like if there's like a lot going on and like you don't want to feel like it's dragging a bit. That's what I mean. There we go. Like you don't want all that content to feel like, all right, this is like unnecessary content. I don't want to play it. Or because, just being like, overwhelmed by it too, right? Like just mm-hmm. being like there's so much for me to do here. But yeah. Like you do one main mission, you get ten side quests, like you know, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Chris, I want to get your take on it in a second here, but I just I just kind of found a a, a quote about this project that I wanted to read off and get mm-hmm. your take on here as well. So kind of what they outlined is, um, so they said, rather than continuing to pass the baton from game to game, we profoundly believe that this opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner than less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership, no matter where they are within Ubisoft. Now, I don't I don't fully I didn't beat Odyssey. So I don't know if it actually weaves into uh Valhalla. I know that one of the things that I loved about the original Assassin's Creed um saga, I guess you could say, because it wasn't really a trilogy, but like when the first one with Desmond and then they kept that storyline running through, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's what's been happening in these last 
you know, set of games. And I feel like the way that they're kind of talking about this here might lead them to have that cohesion again. Is that what you're kind of perceiving from this, Chris? Oh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it sounds like they're trying to pull from their, you know, they're they're trying to pull from their resources for with the best talent to kind of keep the franchise going in the right direction, which I I don't think is a bad idea at all. Sometimes I don't understand when you have like uh, multiple different folks under your umbrella, but they're in different buildings or different locations. And sometimes they don't speak and talk to each other. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't I don't get that sometimes. So. I yeah, I think it's a positive thing. I think this is nothing but a benefit. Um to also touch on the thing that you guys were mentioning with the DLCs. I don't know how much of this plays into it, but I truly kind of feel like a lot of it also has to do with the uh advertising of said DLCs. Mm. Cause a lot of times with certain games, I'll go back to Fallout as an example, or even uh Out of Outer Worlds. When Outer Worlds was dropping that uh Oregon's Eye, whatever the hell it was called a couple uh, months ago. I saw advertisements for that all the time after they initially released it or initially announced it. Um, even on YouTube. Like, I'd be sitting there watching gaming videos or whatever on YouTube, get an ad, the ads for Outer Worlds. So that you knew, like, it was just in your face a lot kind of thing. Yeah. Some of these other games, I don't feel have that same either resource or backing behind their uh, their DLC stuff. And I'm not saying you got to go as hard with that as you do when the game first drops. Obviously, when you're trying to push a brand new game, you got to really put a lot into it. But mm. you, you do got to put a decent amount into how you advertise the DLCs. Because, I mean, like, one, you want people to spend money. But, two, it's like you, you don't want to end up in a situation where people are just missing the content. Because right. I know for me personally, there are people like how you guys are mentioned. There are definitely folks who are going to get overwhelmed. But a person like me, I want, want all that. the DLCs. Yep. Yeah, I want all of them. You know what I'm saying? So I, I need you to tell me when I can go get them. You know, so the one of the things I can also say is with, um, I guess, kind of how Destiny does it, but Fallout again is that they do it in seasons. And every season or every two seasons or so, you might get a brand new DLC and it just adds on to whatever's going on. It doesn't interrupt what you're currently doing. Mm. You don't have to go into it right away or anything like that, but it just gets added onto it. And they advertise it pretty decently. Like, you, you know, especially if you're playing the game, every time you log in, it's in your face. The new season starting, the new this, the new that. Even COD, they do a really good job of letting people know that shit too, right before the new season starts with the new battle pass. It's a... You gotta put like a little bit into that, and I don't think every game does it the same. Let me ask you, know, you a question. A... Let me ask you a question. So, <clears throat> so I actually fired up Valhalla this week, and um, mm-hmm. I saw that they are actually advertising it very well in a similar oh, fashion really? to what Call of Duty is doing. Like, when you load up the game, hey, Here's this content. You can now play some new stuff. <clears throat> I I have my theories, but I'll, I guess I'll ask you if you feel the same way about it, right? When you The games that you mentioned, Call of Duty, um, Destiny, Fallout 76, right? Those are all advertised as live service games, mm. right? Like Call of Duty, obviously, it's, it's a live service game. Multiplayer is something that people are constantly coming back to to reload up that game, right? When you look at an Assassin's Creed, it's not set up that way. It's not, at least not in people's minds, right? It's an RPG. They don't bill it as, even though technically this last Assassin's Creed is kind of a live service game because they've had such consistent DLC coming out. Um, But because they don't market it that way and people play the game and all their mind is, okay, I'm going to play this, I'm going to beat it, and I'm never going to touch it again, right? So if they're never, if in their mind, they're never going to touch it again, how will they know that the DLC is coming out? 
Like, we'll always know that DLC is coming out for Destiny because we're always going to turn on Destiny and it's going to be like, hey, new season's coming. We'll always know that for Call of Duty because they're going to say, hey, new season's coming. So, in essence, what I'm getting at is, is this really a change for Assassin's Creed? I mean, yes, in the sense that um, they're going to have the, the studios collaborating. That part, absolutely a change. But the idea of having consistent content drops, probably not going to be that big of a change. But when you outright tell the consumer at the beginning, hey, this is live service. Now, consumer knows, oh, I should expect to see something coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think to me, that's really where the difference lies. I know a lot of people are not happy about this. I don't understand why. Um, I, you know, I was listening to some podcast. Uh, I forget who exactly said it, but basically what they said was, this has never been done well before. And um, if I'm Ubisoft, I wouldn't do it. And I feel like that's a terrible idea, right? Like if it's if something hasn't been done well before, that means it's an area of opportunity, right? If I'm a if I'm a developer, right. I'm gonna be like, well, I'm gonna be the developer to crack this code, especially with a franchise as big as Assassin's Creed. Like, if anything, they would be in the best position to be able to crack that code because people would be like, Oh, I know Assassin's Creed, I'll be willing to play that. Like, I, I don't know, I, I find it very weird that the community is so mm-hmm. upset by this. But uh, what do you got what what is your take on this? Like what do, why do you guys think the community is so mad, Manny? I mean, I can see what they mean, because, like, when you think of live service games, first thing you think about is, like, a, a lot of microtransactions, like outfits, battle passes, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just like how Warzone, Fortnite, and, like, all those other games have been. So I can see why they're upset, because they're probably going to think, oh, like, it might not be as much to buy, like, a $60 game compared to, like, a couple chapters a month and stuff like that. But you're probably going to be, like, flooded with, like, these little, like packs to to buy to open and stuff like that so that's probably why people are upset but i think you know when you think of like a live service assassin's creed the thing about assassin's creed is it's not multiplayer so i'm not gonna be expecting like you know any cosmetic drops i mean there might be cosmetic drops i mean you know a lot of developers have been taking advantage of that nowadays but realistically this is a story game and like i mentioned earlier with hitman how that was successful with his content drops being like kind of like a live service where it's like you got the first chapter here and then a couple months the second chapter i've i mean i don't see what's to be upset about this especially with these two studios com- uh, combining their you know their um, utilities together and pushing out like a good game because mm-hmm. like i know like what you mentioned with Assassin's Creed hasn't really been like following a storyline since like i'll say like three ended because everything's been like I remember, like, one Assassin's Creed game where it's, like, the Anonymous was, like, a Netflix type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so, like, the you know, maybe the Animus, yeah. I said Anonymous, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute, but, like, it's, you know, like, it's an opportunity to, like, take advantage. And not only that, but I remember I was talking about this a couple of months ago, how Ubisoft is, you know going away from these bunch of triple a title drops to like you know maybe a couple year in life service and seeing this being one of the life service ones also makes room for a lot of more opportunities for them to make more innovative triple a type of games and not only that but if we see this becoming a thing where like you got games like assassin's creed being a live service what you know why can't he do splinter cell i'm here for it bro I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? It also brings out more opportunities for other things, too, because, like, 
this right here is like testing waters because we already know Assassin's Creed is a very popular franchise, and not only that, but as well as a known franchise. And like you mentioned, it's like our right, Assassin's Creed taking a live service model. A lot of people are saying it's not they don't usually end well, and you know this might be the first one. If this one like kicks off real great, and they could talk, maybe start taking more chances. Like all right, we haven't seen a new Splinter Cell uh, game in a while, even mm-hmm. though like there have been reports that they're gonna probably make the same universe as Ghost Recon stuff like that. They could make a live service like Ghost Recon, Splinter Cell Division worlds like together to make it more like, you know, like a game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, Chris, what's your take on it, man? Um, being honest, I kind of like echo a lot of what Goop said, you know, like people are definitely going to expect, you know, live service to come with tra- microtransactions and feel some type of way about it. And uh, see, th- this is like a unique situation to me because I firmly believe the live service model does not work without either an MMO aspect or some kind of multiplayer aspect. Like, so to try to put it in this kind of a game, it's interesting to see i guess how it's going to work like mm-hmm. are they going to develop a whole world where everybody's in it and they're doing their own thing because like so for example right with battle passes the only reason why those work is because a lot of it is cosmetics and you only get the cosmetics so that we could show off amongst other people you're playing against or in the same arena or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. if it's a story-based game with a live service model then what the hell are you giving me in the battle pass that makes me care about it? Well, I don't you think it's I mean? actually battle passes. I think it's season passes, like like season oh, pass for content okay, one, two, three. So and like I, um yeah. division kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, I truthfully, we don't we don't fully know how this is going to work out, but it seems like it would be the most adjacent to a season pass thing. And I I guess I never to to bring up the two things you guys mentioned about the the microtransactions and all that stuff. I never understood that because. I don't know who cares if they like want to sell you horse armor or fucking I, I don't know who cares right like you don't have to buy it like it's just another opportunity for developers who work hard on these games to make money like as long as it's not I need to buy this thing to win at the game like the pay to win stuff that's the only yeah. thing I ever have a problem with but like I, don't I think know. it also I don't know I think it's one of those things where like when you have to go out you spend sixty to seventy bucks on the initial game and then they put all that stuff in the game on top of it it's just yeah, you don't got to buy it, but it, it just annoys people, I guess. It's kind of like one of those uh, things that rubs you the wrong way. Because I used to complain about it with Destiny all the time. Like, I'm walking past the Eververse table, looking at all the nice, shiny stuff that they constantly are putting in there when they ain't putting it in any other spots in the video game. So, like, I guess that's the kind of stuff that maybe people are anticipating yeah. and getting annoyed about. I guess, um, but then but then it's not like... How do I put this? It's not like that stuff... Okay, if Eververse didn't exist, do you think those things would be in the game? I don't. I think they would, but they would have put them behind different activities or different high-level things. I think they would have took some of those assets and used them in that way. I don't think no. you would have the emotes and I mean, maybe some of the like um, ornaments, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we would get emotes or... I think... If if Eververse didn't exist, maybe we'd get like maybe 10% of those things actually into the game. Like... I don't know. I, mm. uh, it's kind of hard to say for me, but I, I, I do think in my heart of hearts they would use some of that stuff. Or even if they didn't use that for the things that we get in Eververse, then maybe, again, they would just take some of those resources and put them in other spaces in the game to make those spaces better. But I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's interesting. I'll say it that much. It's like because we don't really know a lot of how it's going to work. But 
again, I'm just really curious to see um, how they roll it out. Because if they do it just like Division, that's fine. How they did it in Division was fine. But again, Division also still has the multiplayer open world aspect to right. it. Yeah. Like, you, you have to have that. If you don't have that, it really kind of doesn't work. You know? Because, like, how do I put this? If you don't have the, the multiplayer stuff in the game, and you're still talking about doing uh, a seasonal model, it's almost kind of like how, I guess, you have to lay everything out ahead of time kind of thing. You can't just, like, do it afterwards. It's almost like with Cyberpunk when they came out with their timeline about what they were going to try to do the year after the game dropped or whatever. Mm. You almost have to be on some shit like that. Because I don't see how else you kind of... I, I don't know. I, I I guess I just have a hard time seeing how it's any different than what they are doing now. Like they, so the game came out right. Again, it's not billed as a live service game, but they pretty much said like early on, like, hey, we're gonna have all these pieces of DLC drop. But because again, you look at games like that and you say, okay, you're gonna come out with the game, and when it, when you beat it, like you're probably just not gonna play it again because you're not expecting there to be so much DLC coming out after the fact. But if they've already been doing that. And you're really just revamping the way it's set up. You know, I guess a lot of this conversation really just is depending on what they actually do here, right? It seems like it's very early on. They said it's it's um, upcoming and super early in development project here. So I think we won't see this for another two to three years. But I don't know. I just I feel like I can't envision how it would be dramatically different than what they already do. Or what other people do with season passes, right? Like like Far Cry 5, or sorry, is it Far 6? Like how they have that season pass model that they're coming out with where they showed you, okay, like eventually you're going to get um, within the season pass, uh, what is it called? Blood Dragon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if that's exactly what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. And then they also had another DLC where you get to play as all the old villains too. Like that's mm-hmm. the... That's kind of like a seasonal model in a sense, right? Like you get the season Mm -hmm. pass, you know you're going to have consistent content drops. And I feel like they did a good job there showing you early on, like, boom, this is what you're going to get in the season pass. Like we're already advertising every single thing about it. So it's not necessarily secretive or anything. So you know that after you get, let's say you get the deluxe version of Far Cry 6 and you have that season pass, you know that after you beat the game, eventually there's going to be more stuff coming down the road. I can't imagine it being that much different than that. It's just that you're calling it Assassin's Creed Infinity and there will never be another, in theory, you'll never be another Assassin's Creed again. Like, I, I actually think that's exactly what Halo's doing too, right? Halo Infinite. I think that's going to be the last, if things go well, I think that's the last version of Halo you probably will ever see because they are setting it up in such a way that they could just throw an expansion at you and have you go to another Halo ring and you're playing a whole new story with Master Chief. Like, mm-hmm. I think this might be the model going forward for, like, all games, not just multiplayer stuff, but even single-player experiences. So I don't see how it's that different, but I am very curious to see how they think it's different and what spin they put on it. Would, would you guys think it's, like, safe to say or fair to say that it's some of the terminology is probably going to look muddy for certain people, too? Absolutely. Because, uh... Absolutely. It, it's getting to a point now where it's harder to discern what's a DLC, an expansion, mm-hmm. a season pass, a battle pass. And a lot of that stuff is just kind of just being thrown at folks, but there's not really a true definition to it all. So I think some of that would clear up a lot of the confusion or anger from folks uh, 
doing things because a lot of times in certain arguments you'll hear people kind of mixing up or conflating one for the other or something like that and then it's like you either are kind of like literally saying the same thing as the other person but you kind of just don't know that you're saying it mm. or you just don't understand any of the stuff that's kind of getting thrown around so i'm just kind of like I wonder if that's really a bigger factor with some of the, like, more casual people. You know? Probably, probably. I think, I, I agree with what you said largely, but I, I think the issue about what's getting constrained or conflated is, like, the live service model title or moniker. Because I think, like, when you talk about a battle pass versus a season pass, I I think I understand the difference between those two things, right? Like, a battle pass is more something that you would see in a multiplayer setting where you even you talked about it right like there's the um cosmetic cosmetic stuff and like you're Mm -hmm. you're playing and working towards those cosmetic upgrades and so on and so forth when i think a season pass i'm thinking like content drops like what we're talking about here but at the same time to a casual player they might not understand those differences Mm -hmm. so i i get what you mean for sure um but yeah i mean i think it's definitely an interesting thing to to talk about and to see where this all lands because yeah i mean in a couple years we're gonna get this assassin's creed game i i still think they're gonna do the same thing with more of their franchises i think this is just the first one that they've publicly announced partially because i think the information leaked i think that's actually why they announced this so early because i think um i think it was jason stryer from uh from bloomberg i think he leaked that this is going to be a thing so i think they were like well you know whatever let's just talk about it now but who knows? I'm sure we'll see Watch Dogs doing it. I, I hope we see Splinter Cell doing it. Whatever whatever it takes to get my guy Sam Fisher back out here, I'm all for it. Get him out, yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, let's let's get into the final thing for the week here, guys. So um, you know, Sony hit us with a little impromptu state of play uh last Thursday. So we got a couple indie games and um, you know, which is pretty much what they told us. It's gonna be a couple indie games, third party games, and then the bigger showcase would be on Deathloop. So, with that being said, um, just to kind of give a quick recap on all the different games that were announced here, I'm just going to slide through it real quick. So, we've got Moss Book 2, which is a mm-hmm. PlayStation VR game, um, Arcade Geddon, uh, Tribes of Midgard, Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch, uh, Hunter's Arena Legends, Sifu, which is a game that we saw at E3, um, Jet, Demon Slayer, which... Sounds more interesting than I thought it looked, to be quite honest. Anyways, um, Lost Judgment, which is a new Yakuza game, which we've already seen. Um, Death Stranding Director's Cut, again, something we've seen at E3. And then finally, Deathloop here. So, out of all those games, except for Deathloop, because in my opinion, there's a pretty drastic cutoff between Deathloop (laughs) and the rest of the games that they showed off. Everything aside from Deathloop, what was your favorite game that you guys saw at the showcase? Manny, let's start with you. The, the Hunters Arena. I'm I'm excited to play that, especially since it's going to be free in PlayStation Plus on I think August third. So I can't wait to get my hands on it, try it out. You know, free is like it's free for PS Plus users. Okay. So you so know, tell us a little like, bit about it though. What what is it, and why are you excited about it? It's a martial arts battle royale. You know, I love how we talk about how we want it, and we get some. You know, <laughs> you it. but manifesting. Yeah, man, it's happening. So. Uh, it's a martial arts battle royale based on like sword combat. Um, they say you know everything's about precision and timing, so I can't wait to see how that implements it to the gameplay. Um, they I think only mentioned two modes: the solos and trios. Um, 
I think the basis of it is like you got these demons you got to fight as well as these other plays you got to um, kill to survive pretty much like a basic battle royale type of thing. So I'm excited to see how they implement it and, you know, make their own battle royale version of it. Word, word. I am, uh, I'm excited to play this game too because, you know, we talked about that's where I expected battle royale to expand to. I just, we were talking about this a little bit pre-show. I'm a little, I'm sad it's on PlayStation. I'm not going to lie to y'all. <laughs> not going to lie to y'all. Because yeah. when I think when I think a multiplayer battle royale game, I I just know I'm not going to put the hours in on PlayStation, right? That, that's just not where the people that we really play multiplayer games. That's not where they are. Um, but I'm going to try it out. That's for sure. Especially because you said it's in PlayStation Plus. I mean, my, why not try it out at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm cool. excited to see. Chris, what about you, man? What was your favorite thing you saw from this? Um, honestly. A couple of the games didn't really blow me away too much, but I did like the way that the Fist game looks. That looks really kind of unique to me. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I'm always here for some critters and mech stuff going on. That shit always kind of works. I don't know why. Ratchet Clank, Biomutant had me, and you know, enamored for a while. It's just, I don't know. You're a little critter, and you got some crazy robotic stuff going on. I'll take a look. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It looks cool, like, in the sense of it being kind of like a side-scroller. But, like, a really detailed side scroll. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of stuff going on. And it seemed like there's a legitimate fight system going on, too, in the game. Um, dude's doing air combos and all kind of wild shit going on. And I'm like, okay, looking kind of crazy. And then there's another part of the trailer, too, where it seems like there's also space for these, like, I don't know, uh, mecha battles. Because mm. there's a part where he's in a suit, almost like how they do in the other games. And I was like, well, hold on, how do you put this in a side scroll? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. I want to see what they do. So yeah. that one, uh, I think, hit me with a lot of creativity out of a lot of the stuff that we saw, obviously, outside of Deathloop. Um, yeah, that's my pick for sure. Okay, word, word. Uh, for me, <clears throat> I got to go with Sifu. That game looked fire. Uh, I think we saw it. I still got, I don't remember exactly where it was. Was it the, I feel like it was the Jeff Keighley's, um, Summer Games Fest kickoff event that I think that was the first time that we saw it. But I was very interested in it then. Super interested in it now. Uh, basically, the way the game is set up is uh, Kung Fu, like multi... Not multiplayer. Kung Fu action game, basically. Um, and the hook of the game is that every time you die or fail, you age. And as you age, like there's different things that come with that. It seems like... Uh, in, at least the way I was interpreting the trailer, as you get older, your your punches seem to be a little bit more precise. Like like you you know, as you're aging, like you you get gain wisdom, I guess. So the moves might get a little bit more complicated. The you might get stronger. Obviously, at some level, maybe when you get past like sixty, you're not as strong. But I just feel like it's it just looks really cool to me. And like the the way the action looks, the the way the fighting looks, how precise it is that you're hitting people and you're fighting, you know, multiple people. I, I remember there was one scene they showed off. It was like a hallway of people that you were fighting and it reminded me of um Daredevil, that that fight <laughs> scene in Daredevil where he was yeah, fighting all the dudes down the hallway. I was like, "Yo, I need to play this." So, uh yeah, I'm very excited about this. I'm I'm a little sad that it seems like it got pushed back. So uh, I think it was supposed to be coming this fall, but now we're getting a 2022 release. But whenever that game shows up, I'm there. It's uh, it's being made by Slow Clap, I believe. Yeah, Slow Clap. They actually made a game called Absolver, which 
Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't understand it looks exactly why. exactly the same. It looks bro. very much the same. Yeah. But it looks like there's more story aspects here and like looks like they got a bigger budget this time around. But Absolver, I remember playing that at E3 years ago. And I was like, this is, this game is freaking dope. I was talking to one of the developers. They were like, show me how to play. Da, 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 da. And it came out and I never touched it. And like now that I'm thinking about that, I'm actually really mad at myself. I think it's uh, on Game Pass. I, I know it's on Game Pass. So your boy is definitely downloading it mm. after this episode because I love me some Kung Fu games. I, I need more of that. I miss when we used to have, um, oh my God, what was that game called? Sleeping Dogs. I played in the couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh wow! Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. True Crime like... as well. Yeah, that game had the like the fighting mechanics, Stranglehold. There was a cup. Man, ah, bring that back, bro. <laughs> bring those types of games back, like the John Woo, like Kung Fu style, like with the the fighting and yeah, the shooting and all know. that stuff. That stuff was dope, man. Bring all that back. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Start off with Sleeping Dogs. Bring that back. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ah, all right. Yeah. So, um, obviously, all those games were dope. I think that the, the crown jewel of it all was really Deathloop. But before we really start talking about Deathloop a little bit, you know, I, I remember seeing a lot about the, the community being, like, extremely <laughs> disappointed about this state of play. I don't really understand why. I think a lot of these indie games were pretty cool. And I think Sony... You know, as much as we we talk shit about Sony sometimes, like I feel like they set the expectations very well with this. They said exactly what it was gonna be. They didn't say anything about there being like God of War or any of these other things out there. But the community seemed very down on this. Um, I think Jeff Keighley had had put out like a poll on what you guys think about you know that particular event, and it got a D. Like everybody gave it a D. Mm. I was like, wow, like damn, damn, that's crazy. And I you know, like... go ahead. Sorry, Manny. No, 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 no. You can finish. I'll, I'll go after you finish. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I feel like that type of mentality puts PlayStation in such a weird position because, you know, we're talking about how they don't necessarily switch it up as much. They, like, all their first person, uh, sorry, first party games look very similar. And it's like, they just gave us this whole showcase with all these different, this assortment of different games, right? Like, and I guess their player base just doesn't really want that stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, like the indie game scene doesn't really seem to be hitting off on PlayStation. People people don't really seem to play those indie games. They play the the bigger, yeah. you know, marquee franchises. They play the first party stuff. They play Call of Duty. But like these, like Sifu, I I think that game looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Man. That looks like for me and in my interest, like a game of the year worthy type of candidate to just come out of nowhere and be like, oh shit, we haven't had like a good martial arts style game. Like that looks cool. Obviously Death, Death look, looked amazing. Like all the other stuff we yeah. saw out of that. So for, for their fan base to like not like it, it's no wonder they don't do the things that we wish that they would do because the people that they're trying to serve don't want that stuff, right? Like that's mm-hmm. weird to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, Manny, I, I want to get your take on it, man. You know, before I start my take, I wonder if the indie doves had to pay, you know, a hefty price to get their spotlight on the, on the, on the, on the um, showcase, state yeah. of play, you know? But now what I was going to say is I feel like why the fans were disappointed is one, you know, after a big E3 that we seen the Microsoft putting out bangers and all these other shows that all they really got was like, all right, here's Deathloop, which is coming out this year. So I feel like they're upset because they didn't get no God of War yeah. and like 
maybe more Horizon news, but like it was a pretty solid show in my opinion. You got a bunch of these indie games that look pretty solid. Uh, I'm like personally interested in trying. Like I don't understand why you, you're gonna go out and crap on Sony for it. And like Sony, like how Sony is treating these state of plays is like how Nintendo's doing it in ton of directs. They're not these big game shows that are like, all right, here's like these ten AAA titles that are coming within the next couple of years and that's it. It's more of just like of what's like, you know, the current events of what's happening. I feel like another reason why people are upset too is Deathloop. Like they're probably upset at Bethesda because like the Bethesda's uh, yeah. Xbox company now and like you know they they know we're probably gonna get the game and game pass a year later because it's a timed exclusive. So they're probably mad at that point too. But I mean other than that, there's like all, all this unnecessary hate is really gonna like nigga negatively affect them in the future because they're going to see like Sony's going to be like well people really didn't like this like what games do they really want you know what I mean and they're going to have their one dimensional third person action adventure games like Mm -hmm. they usually get that's true that's true (laughs) yeah Chris what do you think about the state of play why do you think um, people are disliking it you know what's your take on this all um well a couple different reasons I think one of the reasons definitely has to be like we get it that they definitely advertised the state of play to be exactly what it is. It wasn't supposed to be um, like the other showcases. But even with that being said, regardless, like, dude, people are going to compare the two, you know, especially because you're putting it out around the same time frame as other things happen. This is like people looked at this as PlayStation's shot. This is their turn now because Microsoft took their turn, PC stuff took their turn, indie devs had their turn. This was supposed to be PlayStation's turn. Even though it's not marketed that way, I'm just saying this is how people look at it. I get you, yeah. You know, um, on top of that, I would say maybe about three or four of those games that they did show really didn't, like, hit home for me, really. Um, So I'm assuming maybe they didn't hit home for a lot of other folks. There's a lot of... I don't know how to say this without sounding offensive. Um... I just think that there's a certain crowd of people who ride in for that brand. Just like how there's a certain crowd of folks who ride for Microsoft brand. And all I'll say is there's a certain certain demographic. You know what I mean? There's a certain uh, way that they are. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I would argue that majority of the folks that are you know part of that bandwagon don't give two shits about certain games like this. Like they they do they don't. Like we care about innovation and creativity and new ideas and people trying things. I would argue a good amount of the casual folks, especially on that side, they don't give two fucks about none of this shit. What's the new COD? What's the new 2K? Is there a new mad in this year that's worth playing? That's it. <laughs> that's it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I think if you have a majority of your folks kind of like in that boat, like it's hard to please them regardless kind of thing. Does that does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like how are you going to really please a lot of folks? Yeah. And on top of that, they didn't really show anything new. I think they really would have been, they would have done a lot better if they had at least one big thing to show that was never seen before. Because we already knew Deathloop was coming. And I know that, again, it's not supposed to be a showcase like the other ones, but in the same sense, it's like, dude, y'all knew what y'all was going up against. Why didn't y'all come with something 
even if it wasn't Horizon, even if it wasn't God of War, something that you're working on, even that's coming out maybe a year or two from now, because mm-hmm. even Microsoft did that with their showcase. Right. You know, they showed a lot of stuff that is far off, too. That would have went a long way, I think. On top of it, third thing I had to say is, you know, people are angry about Game Pass on Twitter and online, all that shit for a reason. I think there's certain people out there who are waiting to hear about what is going on with their alternatives for that. Mm. And Sony is just not really talking about that that too much. And I think, you know, you look at the Microsoft thing and you see all this stuff and then at the end of everything, you know that you're getting stuff currently. You know, in a couple months, you're going to get some shit. You know, in a year or so, you're going to get some more shit. You know, it's all going to be on the service. You ain't going to have to pay for nothing. And then it's just... They would be better off not doing it in this way if they were gonna like do a state of play. That that's how I feel. Yeah, they shouldn't be like that. this. They should they should restructure it. Maybe do like a Vidoc kind of thing, or maybe do like a less publicized kind of thing. Because stop, you you can't attach yourself to E3 and this type of time frame, and then not expect people to have lofty expectations regardless of well, what you put out. That's kind of what's happening. I don't know. I feel like they're like a good month away from E3. Like I don't know, like. Can you really uh, say that they're attached to E3? I don't, not attached to E3, but I still kind of feel like we're in that time frame of like, this is when people release new information for games and get people hyped and da 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 da. I think the whole like summer, summer is like that. Yeah, yeah. The summer, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to like truly come out like, hey, this is our announcement, and you've seen everybody else do what they did, it's almost like clearly it's a disconnect between how it's being presented or advertised and then the folks watching it. So you, you got to change something on one of those ends in order for it to, I think, work better. Yeah, yeah, I, I think or that's Or come up with a showcase like everybody else and do it like that. You got to do one or the other, but you can't... It's, it's not working, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think this is playing out no differently than um, last generation with the PlayStation 4, right? Like, PlayStation 4, they didn't really have a lot to show off in the first couple years, but because Microsoft dropped the ball so hard with the... Uh, TV, TV, TV stuff that people just were like, all right, well, we're just we're jumping on PlayStation. That That's who has the mindshare right now. And they didn't really have exclusive games for a while. And Microsoft actually had exclusive games early on. Like, it was like almost everything flipped, right? Like, they had exclusive games early on in the years of the Xbox One, but because they had the TV, TV, TV stuff, people were just like, mm. like, they didn't like the policies. They didn't like the fact that, you know, initially when they announced it, it was always online this always online that I don't, it's it's such a weird like turning point now because people are like oh well, what you got what you got what you got and it's like well they don't have anything yet they yeah. they shot their shot at the end of the, the generation you have masterpieces like ghost of tsushima you have masterpieces like the last of us part two at the end of the generation so now those studios that have made those masterpieces they're not going to just turn around and get make you a new game immediately time is going to have to pass and then you're going to get better games down the road like two three years from now four years from now we're going to get another um last of us part three maybe or whatever masterpiece it is that the guys over at um naughty dog Dog want to come out with next but it's going to take some time and that as for as much as people love to talk about playstation having great exclusive games when you really think about it they have two like in my opinion two high tier like S class developers. And I think at this point now it'd be Gorilla. Actually no, maybe three. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is like A tier, S tier for me. 
Because I think Ghost no, of Tsushima mean, was good, but... I mean, you're forgetting about, I think, Santa Monica, the creators of God of War. You're forgetting about them. I feel uh, like they're S-tier. I feel yes, like they're they're S-tier. S-tier. They're absolutely S-tier. No question they're S-tier. But even still, God of War, what was that? Two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Again, yeah. need time. Yeah. Like These guys need time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then... But, Oh, I was just going to say this real quick, though. I think that's part of why they are in the same situation, in a similar situation to Microsoft, where, like, even though they're not in an arms race, they're in an arms race. They have to get a couple more developers so that they can space out some of these releases. So that, like, I think one of the biggest things, in my opinion, that may have, that could have hurt Sony is releasing The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima so close to each other. I don't know if they realize that. The hit that they had on their hands with Ghost of Tsushima, I don't know if they knew exactly how that was going to hit for people, but I think if they knew it was going to be as big of a success as it was, they would have pushed it to PlayStation 5 or pushed Last of Us Part 2 to PlayStation 5 because it's just smarter to space out those releases. It just is just smarter, right? Like you have more exclusive games, you know, like over time to showcase and say, hey, this is going to sell you guys on why you guys want to buy a PS5 right now. Like, obviously, they're they're selling themselves at this point, but like, let's say chip shortage didn't exist, right? What's the actual reason that you want to go out and buy a PS five this fall? There's no game. There's no big game. That's really going to make you go out there and buy a PS five like Xbox game pass is selling it, helping it sell itself. But if you take that out of the equation, Halo's dropping. Halo's huge. Forts is huge. Like those are two big games coming this fall exclusively like well console exclusively um you know playstation can't really say that right now or at least so we think like maybe they have something up their sleeve that they haven't announced yet but i feel like if you haven't announced it yet it's might not be coming so i don't know Mm -hmm. Vandy, what were you gonna say though no i was gonna say um nothing too is like yeah even though like Deathloop probably is that big exclusive that they will get in the fall which they showcase i feel like with this showcase a lot of people are forgetting that they also had a state of play like a couple weeks before E3, which showcased Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. And that probably was their like big E3 hitter, but people just probably were expecting something bigger because it was like after the show. And I just feel like True. That's fair. But at the same time, again, they're like you could say Deathloop is their exclusive for this fall, but we know it's yeah. like yeah. we know what, what's coming with that, right? Like you can't really, I don't know, you can sit there and say, yeah, okay, we have this game, but you sell that game and the money's going to Microsoft. It's going to your competitor, right? And then we mm-hmm. know that the game is going going to come to Xbox at some point. So it's like, what are you showcasing for yourself? Like, I don't, and, and the way that people took to Deathloop, like, people gave the, that whole show, like I said, a D, right? And Deathloop was the main star of the show. So clearly your audience doesn't, doesn't particularly care about it even though I, it's obviously a fantastic game. So it's like, I don't know. What are you, what are you really doing at that point? But, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. I do want to talk a little bit more about Deathloop before we go because I know we're getting shorter and shorter on time. But, um, yeah, I mean, Deathloop. Like, it, it, it <laughs> speaks for itself. It looks fucking amazing. Man, I can't wait So it comes to Game Pass a year from now. Oh, man, I can't wait. But I'm, I'm essentially going to be buying that game twice because I'm, I'm definitely, I have to play it on PlayStation. I have to, I have to play it. When, I, when that comes out, I can't wait. I mean, it just looks so good and so fun. Um, yeah, yeah, it really does. People, people were comparing it to Returnal, which I thought was weird because the only thing that would compare it to Returnal is the idea that you 
die and come back. Like it's mm. a loop in that sense, I guess. Yeah. But it's so different. Like Returnal, you die, this procedurally generated world. Like, yeah, you have a little bit more knowledge about what's happening. It's telling a different story every time you die. But like it's a completely different world when you die and come back. Whereas Deathloop is like, okay, you die, you learn more about what's going on. Okay, now I have to go kill this person and this person and that person. Like I can see where it's adjacent, but I don't know why people are comparing it to to Returnal. I think that's weird. But yeah. yeah. But they do have a multiplayer element that Returnal doesn't have, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I do like the fact that people could just jump in your game or, like, even if they have, like, these bots jump in your game and, like, have them try to assassinate you as well. Like, uh, that that feature itself is pretty dope because, like, that that just creates, like, a whole, like, element of, like, surprises. Like, you're just, like, casually gaming, trying to, you know, take all these enemy AI bots and everything like that, and you go take out your target... And then you're on to the next one, and the next thing you know, they come jump in your game like they showed in the trailer, and next thing you know, you gotta worry about a sweat chasing you all, you know, all game. <laughs> so that's like one thing I'm really ex- excited for, you know what I'm saying? Because like if Denzel gets on the PlayStation Five, who knows? I just might have to jump in and smack him real quick. But <laughs> okay, I, I cannot wait for that. Now we, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's gauntlet thrown down. We're doing it. I'm gonna be creeping. I'm gonna appear offline. You won't even know I'm playing when you're playing. I'm gonna dive into your world, bro. Oh man, you about to be on this poppy con poppy shit. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. damn. <laughs> but oh man, so like I said, so much that like oh man, that flute is like I'm feeling the hype right now. And like when I first looked at it, I wasn't really feeling it, but now I'm just like I don't know. Maybe it's because Microsoft bought it. <laughs> It's got a charm to it, man. It does. Like, it's unique, you know? Like, the game looks great. It's, like, it's different. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you're casual, like, okay, you're just, like, some regular first-person shooter, and you're hiding in the cover and, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, you have, like, these special powers and abilities and stuff like that, which change the game. There's ways you could take down your targets and stuff like that. Like, they showed in the trailer with the whole, like, comedy act. If you do terrible comedy, they put you in, like, the, the under room <laughs> with the things where they chop you up in the meat chopper or whatever. And, like, how, like... It, it reminds me of, like, it got that Hitman vibe, because, like, you know, like, the element of assassinating your target with multiple ways, as well as just, like, the fact that, like, like, a hero shooter where you have, like, different abilities as a character, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. Yeah. Now, those abilities are freaking dope. I, I would actually compare it to, like, obviously, you have the time loop element of it, but I would compare it more to maybe um, Dishonored, if, well, obviously, yeah. because oh, it's I mean, made by the same I studio. Mean... <laughs> but you know what I mean, like the the concept of like the stealth action, the powers, all that different stuff. Like the the you can you can tell what that pedigree of studio. Like you can basically draw a direct line to Deathloop and then you know Dishonored as far as like the powers and all those different things. I just think it's it's so cool, man. I'm so excited for this studio in particular. I know a lot of people are still trying to wrap their head around what this game is. But the fact, you know, we talked about it, like innovation, doing something different, right? Like the fact that this game doesn't exactly look like any other games we've seen so far, like the story concepts, all that stuff. We've had elements of this stuff in different games, right? We've had the time elements in a couple of different games, obviously Returnal being one of them. We've seen powers similar to this and in, in, um, Dishonored and so on and so forth. But like, I don't know, all of it just looks like it's coming together in this really cool package in a way that we haven't seen before. And I'm just so excited 
that Microsoft is able to like power Arcane's, you know, visions going forward. Like I said the same thing last week about um, you know, the fact that they're they own id now too. Like it did an amazing job with their Doom Eternal update, their next gen up- update. Like having Microsoft's money and, and prowess behind them and being able to like design for one particular console. I just I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they come out with stuff going forward. Um but yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you think about Deathloop, man? Um, yeah, man, I think it looks really, really super cool. I love, you know, again, the charm of the game to me is really what speaks for it. Um, it's got a certain a certain vibe to it. Cause I even mentioned to you before, I was like, man, I really like the music choice that they have and and uh the game and I like how lighthearted a lot of it seems. Even though it's it's I don't know, it, it reminds me of like and not the full game, but like certain parts of it, like how when they showed the spot with the uh the meat grinder thing. To me, that reminds me of like the purge, but like mm. lighthearted, comical version of what they kind of do in those movies. I get what you mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like it and and root, it's kind of some really crazy violent shit. But the way the game's packaged to you, it's almost like you're kind of like huh. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? My boy hit the quiet laugh. You know, it's a, like it's 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 cool in that sense. It makes you feel so far like one of those games that's gonna have a lot of fucked up shit going on but you're gonna be okay with a lot of going on um some of it's gonna make you laugh some of it's gonna make you go are you serious bro um <laughs> it's it's gonna be good i could already tell that they put a lot of thought into how they want the story to be told you know like i'm, I'm excited for that alone um and then like you guys said man the abilities the, the gunplay the gunplay looks super serious, bro. Like some of the sniping and stuff that the dude was doing in the trailer, yeah. he's doing whatever he's doing. Turn to the right, bam, bam. Yeah, it, it was like, dude, whoa! Like it's very fast paced. I think, but if you want it to be, because it doesn't seem like you have to play that way. I don't, I don't get that impression. It kind of gets the impression where it's like you're gonna have an objective, and maybe you have, can kill all the people along the objective if you want to, or you can take out one or two of them in a really cool way and sneak past or rest. Like, and that's kind of like how Dishonored always looked to me, too. It was one of those games where, like, you kind of could go through kind of how you want to go yeah. through it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like Hitman, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, one of those. It's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of potential. Um, and it, but it just sucks that it's going to take a year for us to get it, man. That, that's, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. But well, for some people. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, for some people. Yeah. I'm, I'm Listen, still man, buying I have that. Hard enough time getting a Series X. I know. I don't even. Yeah, I feel exactly. you. I feel you. But I'm definitely looking forward to it coming out on Xbox too, so that I can play with you guys. You know, like obviously playing it on PlayStation. Really, I'm only going to be able to play play with Manny. Same thing I was saying with that Hunter uh, Hunter's Arena game. Like, mm-hmm. not going to be playing that much on PlayStation. That's just it's just how Unless it goes. It's lit. Yeah. It's super lit. Even if it's, yeah. but that's the thing. Even if it's that lit, like I'm not really going to be out here playing it on PlayStation, right? Like most of most of my friends that I play multiplayer games with they're on xbox so mm-hmm. and that's that's just me obviously right that's the way i that's yeah. the way i play but even still like i don't know a lot of people who look at playstation for multiplayer experiences outside of like the the types of people that you talked about right playing cod playing 2k playing madden right so fortnite <laughs> fortnite that is so universal at this point yeah. oh man yeah it's, it's interesting so i don't know mm-hmm. but Deathloop, I'm excited for it for sure. I cannot wait to see more from Arcane Leon. Can't wait to see more from Bethesda as a whole. 
Um, and I'm hoping that Sony has more more bangers to drop over the course of the summer because mm-hmm. I liked what I saw from this, and I'm hoping that you know Sony's oh, yeah, got definitely. more to showcase. Yo, y'all ever like see a video game that's like a brand new IP, and you know instantly it's gonna get a sequel? <laughs> no, no, deadass. Yeah, this is one of those games like where it's like, yeah, they're gonna make a double too. Like, yeah, you, absolutely. You know they're gonna. It's just gonna be Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I guess it end up it, working out like all the worlds. I it, guess. Yeah, it it might it might. You know what though? It might not. They might not make an exclu- another game. I think Microsoft's in a situation where they would just like, "Hey guys, just go make whatever the hell it is you want to make, right?" Mm-hmm. And if they if they feel like they've exhausted all their creative freedom and options and whatnot with Deathloop, they may not want to make another one. They may like want to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't. I hope they make another more expansive version of the game and add more you know elements to it, make it bigger, make make it more. Um, players can jump into the world so on and so forth but it's just so different you know like yeah. i'm and i'm cool with them if they do it one way or another because if if they decide to work on a new ip then that ip is going to be different and if they don't decide to work on a new ip i think def loop 2 is going to be dope so yeah, yeah looking forward to it for sure all right you guys are yawning you guys are going to make me on we've been talking for almost two hours now let's get the hell out of here no you good you good i mean we've been talking for way too long as it is anyways but um yeah guys thank you guys for watching before we go as we always do manny start it off where can people find you you already know twitch.tv slash goomasterflex instagram and twitter at goomasterflex underscore ttv and don't forget tiktok at no context gaming yes sir all right mr may 25th what's going on bro where can they find you Hey, y'all know I'm on everything, literally everything at M-A-Y-2-5-T-H-X-X. Um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit this week. I love the viewers, but I ain't asking y'all for no goddamn pen pals, no goddamn more. You know why? Because y'all don't never do it, and y'all don't be fucking with me like that. So you know what? Fuck it. No, fuck it. I don't want no damn pen pals. Don't Gmail me. I don't want it. But what I will say... I've heard about this thing called Trovo recently. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but if I end up making a profile on there, just fucking fuck with me. What is that? What's Trovo? Let us know. So Trovo is a alternate version of a gaming streaming platform. So there's actually some folks out there saying they think that it might take Mixer's shoes that they left behind. So we shall see. It's in its beta form right now. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. We'll keep a lookout for Trovo. found out about it a couple days ago. Word. All right. Nice. All right, well, for me, you know, Black Ice 8, you can find me on uh, Xbox, Twitter, Twitch, PlayStation, um, at Black Ice 8. And for my Instagram and my TikTok, it's going to be Black Ice 8 underscore gaming, so make sure to check me out. Also, make sure to check out the podcast on Instagram, at Pod. We're also on TikTok as well, Expansion Pack Podcast. So make sure to follow us, check us out, say hi. Um, yeah, and once again, thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll check you guys out next week. Peace. <laughs>